what advice would you give to other children wanting to write stories? How can they, what's the best way to write a story? Use your imagination. You're listening to episode 71 of the Writing Life podcast from the National Centre for Writing. Every week we tell stories about writers and discuss writing techniques. I'm Simon Jones, Digital Marketing Manager here at the Centre. And I'm Steph McKenna, Communications Manager. And we're joined today by Hannah Garrard. Hello, Hannah. Hi, Steph. Hi, Simon. It's the first time you've been on this bit of the podcast. It's the first time I've been on this end of the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Like your co-hosting debut. How yeah. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> So, Hannah, uh, tell us a little bit about your role at the centre and then we'll get on to why you're here today. Okay, um, so I'm the programme manager for our learning and participation work. So that's all of the events and workshops and engagement opportunities for children, young people and communities that we do. So we do lots of schools workshops, we send writers out, out into schools, but we also have our classroom here. We bring schools in, groups of young people, and we get them excited about books and writing, basically. It's very, very, very good. It's very exciting stuff. It's always nice to have the noise of excited young people. It is. Eager young people in the building. (laughs) Roaming around. (laughs) So on the podcast today, we have a kind of documentary style look at the work that Ruthie Collins has been doing out in Great Yarmouth for the last year. That's right. Yep. About the last six months or so. Right. Yes. So you've been you've been going out and talking to her, and she's been writer in residence in Great Yarmouth. That's right. And uh, which is a coastal town near Norwich, where we're based. And she's been there writing and also engaging with the local community, and particularly young people there. So Hannah, tell us a little bit about Ruthie and about the project that she's been working on. So Ruthie's been. On a real journey um, as a writer in residence mm. in Great Yarmouth, as part of a, an Arts Council um, bit of funding to support her writing for a book that she's called Doing Up Cleopatra, which is a detective novel. Love it. Based in Great Yarmouth. And you may not know that Great Yarmouth has a, a really fascinating sort of maritime history. Mm. It's got lots of interesting stories, um, lots of lots of tales and mystery around it. Mm. Um, but part of her residency was to kind of dig a bit deeper into the community and, mm. and um, talk to community groups, particularly children from um, St George's Primary School, um, and giving them the experience of going into, into the museums of Great Yarmouth and finding out for themselves some of Great Yarmouth mysteries as well. So that's, that's fantastic. I guess you learn, it's like learning the history of where you live and just generating sort of enthusiasm for those stories, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. And she's produced um, some kind of writing tips with children who've been sort of going back into the classroom and writing as well and then giving their tips to 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 us to, to say this is, this, these are some, some good advice for writers. I think a big part of, of what she was doing is pointing out that you can get so much inspiration just from the place where you live. Absolutely. Um, and particularly yeah. for these kids going to museums and some of the older parts of town and, yeah. and discovering what used to happen there and using that to fire their imaginations up yeah. about what they can write about. You take a lot for granted as well, don't you? I think about you know all of the places in Norwich where we're based that I've been here 10 years and there's still so many things that I probably don't know about my own area mm. and so many stories that I haven't uncovered. Um, I think it's just a really nice... Yeah, really great thing to do. Yeah, I think that's what's nice about the residencies we have here at Dragon Hall because mm. you get people coming in from other parts of the country or other parts of the world and then you get to see their point of view yeah, on the city as newcomers. Um, obviously, we have a cottage here where our residents can stay for a few we weeks do. or a month. How did Ruthie's residency work in Great Yarmouth? 
she sort of lived locally, so she was spending mm. um, spending time making trips to, up to Great Yarmouth, either to visit museums and talk mm. to, to teachers as well, but also to engage in the library space and the people who use that library space. It's fantastic. Yeah. Great. We're going to put um, some links to some of Ruthie's work and the resources down in the show notes, so do check those out if you're, if you're a teacher or a parent and want to get hold of some of that. Um, I should note that some of the interviews and recordings here were done under unusual circumstances <laughs> with children burbling around in the background um, so yes some of the audio quality is variable but there's some really lovely stuff in here about the kids getting excited about writing so there will also be um, some information about an event taking place um, this Friday the 29th of November at Great Yarmouth Library at 12.30 called The Mystery Lunch, which is kind of Ruthie's project kind of coming together mm. in one sort of event. So yeah. I will be going. Yes. So that's like the big finale of the whole project. Yes, it, it's, it's part of the project mm. um, and a way of just, uh, yeah, bringing everyone together to, to sort of celebrate all Ruthie's work. Right, let's hand over to Ruthie, who is talking with Hannah and also discussing some of the project with the kids and the teachers who are involved. So Ruthie, got an event taking place on the 29th of November. Yes, so we're having a, a mystery lunch at Great Yarmouth Library upstairs in the, the gallery area. We'll be sharing some micro mysteries that were written by Ooh. women that I workshopped with. So I put a call out to the community and asked people to nominate inspirational women uh, from Great Yarmouth and ran two workshops and women wrote stories inspired by these women, these micro-mysteries. So there'll be a chance to, to hear those stories because oh, they've been recorded and also see some of the, the stories from uh, the children at St George's Primary School, a gallery of detective characters made by families in Great Yarmouth Library, treasure hunt for kids so it'll be family-friendly and that's supported by Arts Council England, I should say, as well, so they're, they're supporting yeah. it. Why Great Yarmouth? Why Great Yarmouth? To start Yarmouth? with, okay. yeah. yeah. So um, I had a lot of coastal scenes in the novel, doing up Cleopatra, and was drawn to Great Yarmouth really mostly because of that, and also because of its links to maritime culture and mm. heritage, which is quite a big theme in the novel. So I went to Great Yarmouth, I think it was three, three years ago initially, for the first time, not, not first time, but first time as a writer. Um, and was just blown away by it in terms of inspiration. It's um, got such a rich history, hasn't it? It has, it has. And that, I think that was one of the, the main things that really struck me, just sort of walking around, um, looking at the architecture, the people, um, the stories people had, the amount of passion that people have for the place and its history as well. Can you tell me a bit about the novel that you're writing? Yes. Okay, so Doing Out Cleopatra, it's... Essentially, it's a mystery, it's a murder mystery, crime novel. Um, has a lead detective who is a female museum curator. Um, and it's partly set in the art world and the waterways. Two of the lead characters are, they grew up in Great Yarmouth. So that's why I really wanted to immerse myself in the, the community there to sort of get to know their lives. And your residency. How would you sum up your experience then, embedding your writing and your ideas and into the community of Great Yarmouth? Um, on the whole, really, really positive. Quite challenging as well. Part of the, the project has been 
doing a lot of outreach work in the community. And I mm. think um, working as a writer, like balancing the outreach side with the actual creative process is quite yeah. big. It's, it's a, a big learning curve, I think, if that's the first time you've done it. This is the third. I did pilot working in response to sites twice before I did the, this um, final funded project. And what I mean by writing a site specifically is, I suppose, your, what you're writing is in direct response to the site where you're writing. Mm. Um, and for me, anyway, as a writer, um, that's how I write fiction and poetry. I need I need that kind of personal contact with a place, and I think that's quite common actually. Mm. <laughs> so doing things like just walking around a community, really getting to know your characters' worlds and settings, mm. and just completely immersing yourself in their their worlds as much as you can. So I was a visiting writer with the the Heon Gallery in Cambridge. Yep. Um, so I contacted them. I I write. I work as an arts columnist anyway. So had had a kind of pre-existing relationship with the gallery, and asked if they might be open to me writing um, actually in the gallery itself, so I could research my my lead detective character. And they said yes. So yeah, which is great. And I had I wrote there for a month, um, which was lovely. And then at the end of the the um, the time there, I ran a writing day for other writers, so I could share some of the. Um, the processes and um, techniques that I'd sort of um, developed mm. there. And then after that, I wrote at Norwich Castle. They gave very kindly, <laughs> gave me their uh, one of their rooms in the castle to go and, go and write mm. in as well. So you did your outreach work. Mm. That's something we're going to hear a little bit, some examples of sort of the work that you did with children. How did you find working with schools and what what did children offer your experience? It's amazing. It's been absolutely amazing. I mean, one of the aims of Yarmouth Mysteries, the the project, um, was for me as a as a professional writer to pilot new ways to um, bring literature and creative writing into the community, mm-hmm. and but particularly to help with literacy. And I mean, it's it's quite sad actually. Literacy and uh, well, writing itself is in decline um, with young children. Um, I don't exactly know why. I think it's a multifaceted situation. So I kind of was anticipating it to be really, really hard to engage with the kids and actually mm. get them interested. But actually, the complete opposite happened. Their, their positivity, their, um, their energy, their enthusiasm for writing was completely unanticipated and just just really really inspiring to be around yeah can you talk a little bit about what happened when they went to the time and tide museum and then um what did they do in their classrooms afterwards yes afterwards um yeah so that first the first site visit that we did to the time and tide museum we were we were supported by the museum so one of their i think it was their education officer came and shared some of their collections with the children to give them inspiration for their character development. So she talked us through, I think it's four different characters, by sharing posters, props, costumes, lots of realia, lots of objects, um, and helped the children kind of guess who those characters were. And they loved it. They absolutely loved it. I think for a lot of the kids, it was the the first time that they'd been to the museum. It was certainly the first time that they'd seen the circus exhibition that they visited that was on at the time and they just absolutely loved it. 
for this one particular type of animal that she is renowned for or famous for and her headdress is a clue as to her this animal. Elephant giraffe. The giraffe, what did that headdress had in it in the top of it? Oh, um, yeah, like a peacock feathers. Okay, so there may be quite a few feathery clues in there. And were there any birds in there as well? Yeah! Because Sue, we call her the bird lady. Claire Parker is the education officer at the Time and Tide Museum. Here's what she had to say when she spoke to Ruthie. If you say to a child, you know, this person's a real writer, that in just instantly inspires them because they think, oh, you know, I, I could be a real writer as well. So a lot is, I think, on an inspiration level. But for us, it's, it's looking at different ways we can engage with children, which is really important. I think for some children, it's storytelling. I think storytelling is massive, so lots of our events are, you know, it's character-led and it's immersive. Um, I think it, I think there's a huge value in just getting children out of class. Yeah. I think children who might not be inspired to write in class will write, you know, will respond differently out in a different environment. Growing up has got a, a very long history, particularly being a port, so there's, there's constant different groups of people in and out. Lots of our collection here at Time and Tide is um, from sailors, that the collected items from all over the world from their travels. Um, and I think it's, in terms of sort of current times, Great Yarnfish, it's just, it's been like that for years. It's this evolution of different people bringing different ideas. And I think they add different value to a place, you know, their, their own sense of belonging. Um, so I think, you know, it's, it's got a massive history. I mean, you, you can't go far without seeing something interesting within the town. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of interesting buildings and places and stories and, and people. It's, an, it's a good place for stories. What we did afterwards, we went back to the school and we um, started to develop their lead detective characters inspired by their findings in the museum. So I gave them character worksheets with writing prompts and then got them drawing. And then I met up with the teachers, shared the original character sheet, which is this, which mm -hmm. you can see. They gave their input and then, so it kind of got tweaked. So it, it, kind of fit better their curriculum needs mm. which is important yeah did you have much dialogue with teachers before the visit about how it fit with their mm. their kind of outcomes um, yes I did so I, I met up I think it was twice before the actual visit and they basically debriefed me on who who their who the, the children were um, as much as they they could with the time constraints mm. that they had, they have. Yeah, and they, they gave me their their word grids that they use, so the the kind of the, the vocabulary that they need to teach the children to fit the curriculum needs. Mm -hmm. um, so the curriculum directly shaped the actual activities that we did in both in the museum and in the the class afterwards. I think educators and, and teachers um, they're really on the front line of. The, the fight for literacy in yeah. schools um, and they are absolutely essential um, for projects like this. They go, I mean, I've seen them in action, they literally go above and beyond to make sure that the kids have the best possible start in life. Mm. So inspiring, really, really amazing. 
<laughs> I'm Elizabeth Ferns. I'm the head teacher at St George's Primary and Nursery School, which is in Great Yarmouth. Um, the school is a, a very mixed school. It's um, got quite a high multicultural element of about 65% of the children. In some classes, one of the classes that's done this project, there's 80% of children that didn't speak English when they joined us. And we've got high levels of deprivation as well, sort of running at about between 50-55% across the school. And uh, yeah, we've got a very mixed sort of bunch within the school as well. So their, their advice to writers, or to me as a writer, was um, obviously you need, because of the, the pressures of the curriculum, you need to make sure that what you're doing really does help make their jobs easier, mm. really. As a writer, you're bringing in something fresh and something different, and I think being brave enough to, you know, to try and um, try something new is, is important. Having an author coming in on a regular basis, not just one off, you know, is really important to build that relationship and the children look forward to the sort of visits coming back. It inspires them to meet somebody that actually does it for a living, you know, and gives them some sort of aspiration in life and also sort of like encourages them that they're writing for a purpose for somebody who's going to come back and see the sort of development of their writing. You know, it really inspires the children to, to write for a, for a purpose and to see their work on display. You know, they feel like authors themselves, you know, that's how you make them feel. You took them to the library where they exhibited yeah. their stories. Were the members of the public responsive to the stories that they, they saw and exhibited? Or Yeah, yes. yeah they were certainly very curious, very curious. And I think that the weekend that the stories were up, it was part of a, an arts festival. So there was quite a, a high level um, of... Uh, there was a higher level of visitor numbers for the library anyway. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that helps if uh, for, you know for other writers or educators looking at doing something like this, sort of partner up with other things that are happening mm. in the community. I think curious is such a good word because that seems yeah. to sum up what a, a residency should be about. Kind yeah. of your curiosity in the environment you're in, and then peaking people's curiosity for what you're doing and what you're writing about too and also curiosity for your community because one of the things that I loved was sharing um seeing your community through a writer's eyes mm. um through fresh eyes um and that was one of the things that the kids absolutely loved was getting to know sites in their own community that they'd never really visited before so Tayo is uh, from St George's year three and he wrote about a bear was like a detective walking on the beach or something and uh, he's really proud of his work. Um, I liked using my imagination because um, using your imagination is a really um, good skill for um, for you. So. Um, and I like writing these stories because um, I like getting teach about all these um, other things, and I liked the all the all the really good treasures like the sunset, the flint, and all the other things. The jailer is the person in charge of the jail. Okay, he's in charge of all of the prisoners. Now, what might you want to buy off him if you were stuck down in these rooms? for months and months and months. What are some of the things we might try and buy? What do you think? A teddy, okay, yeah, maybe we'd try and buy a teddy. There might be something else, some other slightly more important things we might need. What do you think? A blanket and a pillow. Brilliant, okay, a blanket and a pillow. Otherwise, where do you think you're gonna be sleeping? 
Yeah, brilliant guys, you're gonna be sleeping on this cold, hard floor. So yes, maybe a blanket and some pillows. We are now gonna turn the lights off in the hold on the count of three. We're gonna count down from three, ready? Three, two, one, zero. And of course you are not going to be you are not going to be alone. What do you think we're gonna have crawling around the floor down here Spiders. in the hole? Spiders, what else? Anything else? Rats! There are gonna be lots and lots of rats crawling around here all over your feet in the dark. Not very nice at all. Fantastic. I think it's time for us to head out to um, museums are brilliant, cultural assets are fantastic and they come with lots of resources anyway. Mm -hmm. But it just shows that something as kind of random as like an empty building that you might w walk past every day could, for a child or a budding writer, it just gives so much inspiration. Mm. Um, I think it's about halfway through the project I was just really, really, just started to really see the children themselves as um, ambassadors really. Mm for creative writing. Um, I think most professional writers would benefit from, <laughs> from hearing yeah. some of these tips or just being around their enthusiasm. I hope My hope is that it will stay with them and yeah. they will remember that. Well, we'll be looking to share this with, with schools across the region and yeah. Um, with, yeah, special thanks to St George's Primary School for putting this together. So as part of the project, there will be um, free resources that educators can use. If they want to try their own version of the project um, they can. You know, what advice for writers starting a residency journey or thinking about a residency for their own yeah, would writing you, projects? Would you give? I think try and uh, get to know the community. It sounds like common sense, but um, just definitely is the first the first step. Just talk um, to people. Talk to people. Yeah. Just talk to people. And exactly. you've got an interesting project, so people are going to want to talk to you as yeah. well. So don't yeah. hold back. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think. Also, don't, don't be afraid to go and visit communities that don't necessarily have lots of writers go, go there. I mean, that... Um, yeah, yeah, but actually your, your residency is part of, like, showing all the fantastic history and culture that Great Yarmouth yeah. has got and trying to challenge a few of those stereotypes as yes, well. It, it really, so, really is, yeah. And one of the challenges it does have is, is that it's got a lot of preconceived ideas about its community um, and it's experienced so many changes, that town, and it's got it's got so many stories there. So it seems like the ideal place to, to go and investigate. Definitely, definitely. Um, I, I am working on a, a blog post actually which is going to give um, some top writing spots in Great Yarmouth for other writers oh, that brilliant. might want to go and go and write there. Yeah. So yeah, don't don't be afraid to get off the beaten track and just go and try, go and visit new um, new places that you've never been before. You might be really really surprised about what what that uncovers for you as a writer. Why is um, social inclusion in your writing residency? Why is that important to you? True. Um, so some of my early experiences that really shaped me as a person as well as a writer um, was growing up in Cambridge, which is now uh, one of the, the, well, no, it is the UK's most unequal city. Um, and as a young girl, I lived in council housing, was state educated. So from a very young age, had quite a big awareness of the different groups that make up a community and how some, some groups... Um, can become more heard than others um, or carry stigma within communities as mm -hmm. well. 
Um, and so looking at ways to kind of rebuild connections within communities has always been quite important to mm. me. Um, and that heavily shapes my, my work as, a, as an arts practitioner and as a, a writer as well. Mm. Thanks to Ruthie Collins, St George's Primary School in Great Yarmouth, the Toll House Museum, Great Yarmouth Library and the Time and Tide Museum. Thanks for listening. If you've got any questions or you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Writers Centre. We're on Facebook if you search for National Centre for Writing. And make sure you sign up to our regular newsletter by visiting nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk. You can find me on Twitter at Steph X McKenna and Simon. I'm on Twitter at Tarnamus. Hannah, do you exist online? I do. You can find me on Twitter at BookBabbler. Please do subscribe, rate and review the podcast as it helps other people to find it. Thanks again for listening. Keep writing and we will catch you on the next episode. <laughs>